Welcome to Reach Community Church. Pastor Heath here. Thank you for joining us. We're starting a brand new series today called Clarity. Here's the one thing out of today's message that I want you to hear that I'm going to bring our attention to. Clarity comes from one source. Are you feeling unsettled about 2021? I would say that most people are. As we come out of 2020, which was, uh, in my 44 years of life, one of the most confusing, uh, interesting, um, and discouraging years. So many things that no one ever expected to happen have happened over the last year. So, if clarity is important to get us to a place that we're settled with how we're hoping 2020 will go and what we're doing to see those things happen. The question is, where are you going to find that clarity and peace? For the next few weeks, we're going to circle around this idea that God is our place of clarity. He is where we find vision and purpose and hope and peace and joy. If this is true, then how do we get to this place of clarity? That's our pursuit today in the Word. If you would like some clarity in your life, what are you willing to do to get it? Clarity does not come without a cost. If you picked a New Year's resolution, did you? If you picked one, Like losing a few pounds, it will cost you to see that happen. Most things that we desire to see happen that are different from what they are right now, there's some cost associated to it. And the the point is, where are we willing to pay the cost to see that happen? Are we willing to pay the cost to see those pounds go away? And that means it's going to cost what our eating looks like, what exercise looks like. We're going to have to take some different steps that we weren't before because we weren't losing weight before. We wouldn't put in our New Year's resolution that we want to lose weight if we are already doing that. It means that we have to change things that we did before to have a different outcome. Research conducted by Strava, which is a fitness app, in 2018 has discovered that then it was on a Saturday. January 12th was the fateful day of New Year's resolutions, where they ended on January 12th, 12 days later. Most other data, if you just Googled how long do New Year's resolutions last, most of them end by the first week of February. And I want you to understand that the reason why we're talking about this today is that your spiritual health is far more important than your waistline. Because whether you know it or not, the health of your spiritual life will determine most of the other things that are going on in your life. So I ask you again, are you willing to do whatever it takes to find clarity for 2021. Let me tell you, at the beginning of this message, I don't always do this, but at the beginning of this message, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to something that will help you move forward in your spiritual journey. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So I I believe the Holy Spirit is active 
in your listening right now and is going to bring things to your attention that you need to do to see these things happen. And I'm going to ask you as we pray for the message today to allow and ask for the Holy Spirit to speak. Listen to this in James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, clarity, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you need clarity, ask. So as I pray for a hunger to be given to us for clarity, as I'm praying, I'm going to ask you to inside, outside, <laughs> silent or with your words, ask God to give you clarity today on how you can get to that place of seeing God move in powerful ways in your life. And that comes, I believe, when you have clarity from Him on where He's asking you to go and what He's asking you to do this year. And I believe we serve a God that does that. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I ask you right now in Jesus' name, as those listening to this, watching this right now, Lord, that you would give us a hunger to search out, to seek after, and to find clarity. And Lord, we know that you're that source of where it comes from, of how we get clarity, but we need you. Lord, we ask, we beg the Holy Spirit right now to be a participant in this message. That He would lead and guide us to places of understanding, even ourselves, things that we've been ignoring for a long period of time, that You would bring clarity of how we step out of this. Allow Your Word to speak to us and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, are you hungry for clarity? I hope so. Because clarity requires surrender. And surrender is your choice to pursue a clarity that comes from the Father. You have to deal with the war that is inside of you. In today's text, in James 4, we'll make clear the war that I'm talking about. Let me give you a little um, not lesson, but a little understanding of what James is. If you weren't familiar with this, James is the half-brother of Jesus. And the whole book of James is, is little segments of truth. See, they, they, they believe that most of what comes out of James comes out of James's experience growing up under the teaching of his brother Jesus. A lot of what you hear in the Sermon on the Mount and a lot of feels, feels very familiar to Proverbs. They're little nuggets of truth. And this is coming from James, the half-brother of Jesus, if, if you're thinking anything, here's a man that's found clarity because this was his brother that he grew up with. And he's now sitting here giving us understanding about not just a brother, but a Savior. So we're going to jump in and be in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. 
And you'll see this war, because I think if we want clarity, we have to deal with the war that's inside of us so that we can settle that, so we can pursue clarity. Look what it says in chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? This war inside of you is what James is telling us. These quarrels and this fighting that's happening to us and we see this in our culture right now. They're at war within us because we have these passions that are uncontrolled. Passions that are leading us not into truth or clarity that God, but these passions that are leading us astray. Look at this in verse 2. It says, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you don't ask. Every strained and broken relationship has its root here. Think about it. Without elbowing the person near you, specifically a loved one. Think about the last fight that you had. Where did that originate from, specifically if you were the the beginner of the argument? If I'm going to be honest, most arguments that happen that I'm responsible for come from things that I want that I'm not getting. Maybe I'm busy doing something and I find this thing so important that everybody else is aggravating me by disrupting it. It happens to my children all the time. They want something from dad. Dad is focused doing something else that has no or little significance. Most important thing here in my world is my family, but I don't let that happen because I have these things that I want, these these things that I want to see happen. This is dad's time. Instead of patiently setting those things aside, I fight and quarrel. And sometimes, to be completely honest, they're completely mean because I want something that I'm not getting. And I feel that it's been taken away from me. Maybe that little peace and quiet. Maybe something else. You fill in the blanks. But that war is happening inside of us. Remember, years ago, I was in actually a season of fasting and I, I would, I, I, most of the time when arguments happen, and we typically don't have much clarity until they're over and we realize that we were an idiot because of A, B, or C. And that's typical for me, too. I don't realize that I've gone too far until afterwards. But I was in a season of fasting years ago, and, and uh, there was a normal little argument that was beginning outside, like these words were happening, Jody and I were having a conversation and the Holy Spirit allowed me to see what was going on. And I saw the inner dialogue inside of me and what I thought about what the argument was going to be. And I mean, I saw my little planning and plotting of how I was going to say this and that. Inside, God exposed it to me. And I realized before I opened my mouth that where I was going to go with this argument wasn't going to bring any peace wasn't going to fix anything. Honestly, it was going to make things worse because I was going to intentionally aggravate. 
intentionally start some fight that I could then later say, you, you did it. I just said A and you, which I knew in my heart inside that moment that it wasn't. And I remember afterwards the Holy Spirit telling me that you cannot control. And this is a truth nugget for you, kind of like what James is doing. You can't control what happens to you. You can't control unless you completely isolate yourself from everyone. You can't control what people say and do to you. I remember the Holy Spirit telling me that, or telling me specifically that I am responsible for everything that I do in response. I can't control what happens to me, but I have power over what happens after that. That's where we're held responsible is by what we do with what happens. Most of the time we're so enamored with what's going on that we're clueless to it. And here, God clarifies the main issue at the end of this verse. You are fighting for what God will give you. You're you're fighting for these things, these desires, and you're coveting these things, and you're not asking, which he's going to deal with a little bit more. You're, You're looking for the wrong things. Verse 3. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. And some of you are like, well, I ask all the time that God would give these. But in your heart, are you asking for those things so that you can spend it on your own passions? Asking them from the wrong motives. And if we're going to be honest, that's typically what happens. We're... We're striving and fighting for these things that we want, these covet things that we covet, things that we feel like, oh, if we have them, we'll, our life will be better. Our, our life will have more meaning. People will admire us because of those things. And the truth is, is that we're looking at them wrongly. Because those things don't satisfy, those things don't fulfill us. Titles, positions, money will never give you what you're looking for. And he goes on in in, in a little bit more stern way. In verse 4, it says, You adulterous people. And that was pretty much the the people. James was writing this letter, which I failed to mention a little bit ago. James was writing this letter primarily to um, Jewish Christians, people that had become believers that were out of the Jewish people. They understood because something God said all the time to his people, that they were adulterous. They were constantly cheating on him. With other gods, with other desires, they would they would build idols. C.S. Lewis says that our heart are idol factories. We will create an idol off anything. You adulterous people, do you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend with the world makes himself a enemy to God. Our question here, which I think is pretty important in the things that are going on right now in our culture, is where is your allegiance? Or is your allegiance to something other than God? And to be completely honest, most of the time it is. And this is why he's calling them the adulterous people. Because friendship with the world is enmity towards God. Well, verse 5. 
Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says He yearns? Talking about God, He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made dwell in us. Children. I don't mean like, hey, you adults, children. But children of God, people that have surrendered. Become a child of God. God put a deposit of His Holy Spirit. He, he put His Holy Spirit in you. That's why I was asking you at the beginning of this message to ask. Because if you're a child of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, His children. And He's saying He yearns jealousy over, jealously over the Spirit that He has made dwell in us. Think about that for a second. Reread verses 1 through 4 later through the perspective that that Spirit is in us. So that Spirit's in us as we're, we're desiring, we're lusting after things, we're coveting after things, we're desiring to murder someone out of anger. And God's saying that the Spirit that I put in you is witness to all of this. And, and he's jealous, He jealously earns jealously yearns over that spirit that's inside of you. Because that spirit that's inside of you, I think most of most of the tension you feel, specifically when you know you've acted in ways contrary to God, I think it's your heart understanding what you're doing, understanding what it's causing in you. Dealing with those sin behaviors. Verse 6. Gets a little better for those that are a little concerned about after just being called adulterous and how jealous God is to the Holy Spirit that He's put in you. But look at this. Verse 6. It says, But He gives more grace. Therefore, He said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to those that humble themselves, grace to those who surrender. Amen to that. We need grace in 2021, but that grace is going to be experienced in our humility, in our surrender. It won't be given to those who choose to not Surrender, who choose to not deal with the war that's going on inside of them. So he gives you something to do here in verse 7. It says, submit yourself, surrender, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Surrender. When you surrender all that you have To God, all you have to do with the devil, with the things against you, is to resist. Resist. You're resisting it. It's not even like a full-on war. And you'll see this in Ephesians when talking about the armor of God. You, You put all these things on, but you stand firm. You resist. And I love this. This is what I want out of these next few weeks. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Draw near to God. Do you hear that? And He will draw near to you. Honestly, honestly, I think God's already there waiting. But you'll understand and feel His nearness as you draw 
into that, as you lean into that. Look at this in Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. That's what I'm after. If you want clarity, that clarity comes from one source. And we have to seek diligently after that one source. But He is findable. As we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. And like I said earlier, I'm going to ask you to commit to something that's going to help change and shape and mold that pursuit. Then continuing on here in verse 8, it says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Repent. One of the four things that I'm going to ask you over the next two weeks is this daily confession and repentance. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What would it feel like right now? If you really believe that, and I think clarity comes from trusting that God will do what he said. Is that if right now, if you took a humble, sincere way of repenting, turning from those actions, confessing them to God, that he would cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Imagine what that would feel like right now if you're struggling with what's going on, what you've done, what what you're doing. What would it feel like to just confess and repent and understand That He is faithful and just. And why is He just? He's just because we're trusting that forgiveness from His Son by His sacrifice on the cross. Not your good works, not your good effort. We are trusting and believing in Jesus that He is faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The last two verses in chapter 4 that we're going to go in today, 9 and 10, it says, Be wretched and mourn and weep because you're aware of what's going on. You're being sincere about it. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom, which sounds bad. But when you realize this war that's inside of you and you realize how much, how big a part you played in allowing things, destructive things, to interfere with your life and the lives of others, we have to mourn and weep over those things. And that's where confession and repentance comes in. And verse 10, back to humility. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He'll exalt you. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about prayer and fasting. If you're new to our church, typically we do 21 days. We started last week talking about prayer. Over the next two weeks, I'm going to ask you to fast. If you're at our church service, um, public service this Sunday, there's sheets around here that talk about what biblical fasting is and what, how you can pray through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's a back and front sheet that's around you. Find one. If you don't find one, find someone outside. We'll make sure you get one. If you're watching this online and you want that, if you'll email us at info at reachcommunitychurch.com, we'll send you a PDF so you can have that also. 
But over the next two weeks, I'm going to ask you to consider fasting. Why do you fast? Here's the great thing and why I love the name of our series. You fast for clarity. You're typically fasting because you want to see something happen that you've not seen happen. So what do you fast? You can fast a meal. You can fast a whole day. You can fast multiple days. You can fast different types of food. You can fast activities like social media, TV, Netflix, and other things that are really sucking your time away. TikTok, Snapchat, fill in the blank. You can fast those things. And I know it seems weird. You see people say, oh, I'm fasting. I saw a couple this week that said that they're fasting Facebook. And here's the reason why we do that. We, we are, and why I'm going to ask you over the next two weeks to decide about what you're going to fast, how you're going to do that, and use that as something to disrupt the norm so that you can bring clarity into your life. Disrupt this norm and invite God into that. This is between you and God. The point is to disrupt your norm and draw near to God. And what did he say in James? As you draw near to him, he draws near to you. This is what I'm asking. Do you want clarity? If you want clarity, clarity is going to cost you. What are you willing to do differently over the next two weeks? And and hear me. My hope is over the next two weeks they'll develop patterns that will extend past it. But, But all I want you to think about right now is the next two weeks. And what I want to ask you today, like I said at the beginning of this, is I want you to make a decision about what you're going to do. Not necessarily right now. If you're if you're if the Holy Spirit's clarified it for you, bam. Write that down. And what I'm going to ask you to do, along with writing it down, is to tell somebody what it is. And I've said this a lot if you've been around us. If you don't tell anybody about this big thing that you feel God's calling you to do, it'll be very easy for you to sneak off and not do it. But if you ask for accountability, there's something that happens when we invite accountability in our life. It, It stirs us to action. And so I'm going to ask you to figure out what that's going to look like. I know what mine is. I felt like specifically today, one thing God has asked me to do is outside of my norm is to give Him 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at the night of being settled. And not necessarily for my Bible reading. That may be during a different time, but just 30 minutes to spend with Him. And for me, it'll most likely be outside walking. I'm too easily distracted indoors at times see i'm drawing some accountability you can ask me how my 30 minutes twice a day is going because i want to add things into my life as i'm moving things out tv watching netflix and all these other things that you might be isolating whether you're doing taking a fasting one meal a day whether you're going to do intermittent fasting whether you're going to do a daniel fast where you're going to do anything is that you, the reason why you're doing that is so that you have more time and more bandwidth to invite God in and to draw near to Him. So along with fasting, 
I'm going to ask you to do four more things over the next two weeks. And here they are. Daily, make an intention. And I I would even potentially make a plan. This is when these things are going to happen. Daily confession and repentance. Spend some time confessing. If you know yesterday you blew it, wake up in the morning and say, God, or before you go to bed at night, say, God, I blew it today. This is how I blew it. I, I need to confess and repent. Make that part of your day. And I'm just telling you, it'll, it'll change the way you think. It'll make you more attentive. If you're telling God all of these things, it'll make you more attentive. You'll see them so much more clearly through the day because you know that I'm going to have to talk about these to God later. It's a good part of your day. Another thing is I'm going to ask you daily over the next two weeks to pick up, and this is going to take some work on your end, a prayer list. Make a list of things that you're going to pray for every day over the next two weeks, whether it's people, things you want to see. Here in James it says you don't have because you don't ask. Start asking God for things. Maybe it's healing your marriage. Maybe it's healing your finances. Maybe it's giving you a perspective. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need friends. Maybe you need fill in the blank. Make a prayer list and be dedicated over the next two weeks to praying over those things and see what happens. In church... I know, I know we just had it last week, and I'm not trying to guilt you in, but we, we, we gather as a body outside of Sunday mornings to pray once a month. I want to see you there. And not because I can say, oh, look at all these people that we had at prayer, because it shows me that you want to corporately say, I need prayer. I want to see God move. There is, and Don Bernard will tell you this, there is a power in praying in agreement. Let's agree once a month. Hey, in the beginning of February, we'll be at it again. And I want to see you there. And my hope is over the next two weeks, you're going to get excited about praying because you're going to see God do some things that he hadn't done before because you're asking. So daily praying over your list. Daily reading. Get a Bible reading plan. And I'm not against... Um, a devotional that has a scripture and someone's thoughts, have one of those. But I want you to pick up reading a Bible plan. And the great thing is you can go on the Bible app right now and find a two-week plan that fits what you're going through and, and be diligent every day of reading the Bible. Because I think, not I think, I know there's power in you getting in the Word of God, the Word of God mightier than any two-edged sword. It has a way of opening us up and changing our life. And the last thing is similar to what I ask about fasting is telling somebody today is find a partner. You want clarity? Daily confessing and repenting, daily praying, asking God, inviting God into your life, praying over specific things, having a daily time in the Word, and finding a partner, someone that you're going to say, hey, here's, here's my prayer plan. You ask me how my confession and repentance is going. Here's my reading plan. Ask me and invite. There's so much dialogue and good things that can happen when you invite somebody into this journey. Church, 
I want clarity for 2021 personally. And this morning that I recorded this, had a, uh, a great time with God, and I just I felt like He's responded to some things that I'm asking for, and I'm, I'm hopeful and believing that if you're willing, we're willing to surrender and humble ourselves during these next two weeks, God's going to do something miraculous. And there's going to be more than just clarity for 2021. We're going to see God's purpose and vision in our life. We're going to see and experience peace and joy in our lives and our families as we surrender. If you want that, if you want that, then ask for it. You don't have because you don't ask. Ask for it. Church, let's do this. Let's let's get excited about what God's going to do. Let's with anticipation end this time in the Word praying and asking God to do what only He can do. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Show us how eager you are to draw in to us as we draw into you. Lord, I pray specifically over every individual that makes decisions today to pursue, to spite for clarity, to pay the price to see that happen. I pray for all of the decisions that are going to be made today about what they're going to fast and these reading plan they're going to do and the prayer list. Lord, I pray that even now before it begins that things on these not even written prayer lists would be answered during these two weeks. Lord, Holy Spirit, let us see you work. Lord, we need healing. And Lord, I pray for those that haven't surrendered, that don't know you. Lord, I pray that this would be a moment, that there would be a a moment of faith and trust that you and you alone are a place of clarity in our confused, in our (laughs) upside down world right now. And I pray that you draw in future children to you, showing them how good of a father you are. Let us experience you today. Let us decide today that we're going to do whatever it takes to see you move in a mighty way in our individual lives. Thank you for the church. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak and encourage to us today, this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.